Can I get those uh, three chairs up here? We're just going to um, interview Nikki and Janushi. Um, these are just, uh, I know I'm sure that there's lots of mothers that I could have called up, but I'm just asking Nikki and Yushi to share with us some pearls of wisdom. Um, great. Are you okay, everyone? We are working on the temperature. Next week it will be way cooler. Would you ladies like to come up? So, Nikki, how old are your girls? Um, my girls are 10 and 12. Um, my girls are 12 and 16, and the boy is 6. <laughs> That's great. So I'm just going to ask um, Nikki, through the different stages of parenting... Um, what are some of the tips, you know, right from baby, it must be different, um, the different tips that you can give the moms out here through the different stages? Okay. Um, well, what I've done during the different stages of my girls' lives is I've tried to seek wisdom from godly books and from people who have godly wisdom. So I've got a couple of books here that because I think there's so many different resources out there that sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming to find where to get information from. And I thought it was always very important to find out developmentally and psychologically and emotionally how are my girls changing so I could understand what they needed and um, try and understand the behavior because the behavior changes through the different stages. So there's um, a book here by Steve Bidolf called Raising Girls. He's also written Raising Boys. And then this is uh, Dr. James Dobson. He's a Christian psychologist, and he's got some amazing advice. And I can't say that I've read them from cover to cover, but I've, I've actually just gone and got references as I've needed them. And then I, I can just say I've, I've prayed for wisdom, and I'd just also like to encourage the moms, just go with your instincts as well. I think God has given you those instincts for a reason. And, you know, sometimes life is just too busy to pick up a book. But I really believe that you, you're not doing this alone. If you just, as Dan said, you know, look up, lift your chin up, pray for your children, ask for wisdom. He's walking this path with you. And I really believe that God does give you wisdom through all the different stages. So um, one of the questions that the girls asked me, please, can you ask Nushi and Nikki, how she's still got a baby, but how do you um, raise your child in the ways of the Lord without shoving it down their throat? So and the Bible is clear, you raise your child in the way they should go and they'll never depart from it. But what are the, the practical ways in which you do that? Okay, so God's word is very specific about how we do that. And he tells us that, first of all, we should teach our children when they're young. And second of all, that it should be part of our everyday lives. So I don't think you can just push the information down their throat. You have to live it with your children, and you have to be an example. And Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Start the children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. And Deuteronomy 11:19 says, Teach your children about me when you are lying down, sitting up, walking up, and getting up. 
And I've got something here. The Southern Baptist Theological Seminary did a, a survey in 1995, and they found that 71% of Christians in America had given their lives to the Lord before they were 14. So the Bible is right. You need to speak to your children and teach your children when they're young because there's a very small window that you have when they're receptive to that teaching and they're receptive um, to God's word. And um, let me just see here. I've got a bad case of stage fright, so please, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm nervous. Um, yeah, so in terms of practical examples... Um, I think everyone has a different way of doing it, but I try to make devotions a daily part of our lives. And right from when my kids were little, we did it at night, and we made it like just a really special, cuddly time. We did Bible stories, and we prayed, and I tried to get as many resources that were age-appropriate and really fun. So we listened to music. We watched DVDs. We had Bibles that were age-appropriate from when they were sort of two years old. Um, One of the greatest um, kids' Bibles was called My Good Night Bible, and it had all kinds of little songs and rhymes and stories. And they just absolutely loved that time with us, those daily devotions. So it became something that they looked forward to and they absolutely loved. And then as they got older, I tried to also just keep the resources age-appropriate. So There's some amazing CDs of Bible stories out there that are applicable for kids right from two, you know, up to sort of pre-teens. And then, you know, now that they're slightly older, I also just keep looking for those resources. We just watched um, a movie called God's Not Dead, which is all about um, a young guy who's trying to convince his university class that God is not dead. And he compares, you know, all the evolution theories to the Christian creation theories and talks about that. So that was really relevant to my children. Um, I pray with them. Every single night we pray together. And I try to keep it real. I try to say to them, okay, girls, what are you wanting to pray about? And there have been times when they've had nightmares and we've prayed over um, over the kids and prayed that they wouldn't have any more nightmares. And... There have been bullying issues, and there have been kids at school that have been sick, and we've prayed through all of those things, and they see God's, um, God answering their prayers. Um, you know, when we moved, we would pray, God, please give us the right school. Um, we pray for friends, for godly friends. And so there were all issues that were actually really relevant to them, and God answered all the prayers And they kept a little journal, and they could actually see, okay, God actually answered this prayer for me, and God answered that prayer for me. And um, Yeah, and so it's actually been really interesting to see them develop. Like, I remember when when my one daughter was about three or four, she desperately wanted wings. And she would have these really long prayers, God, please, can I have wings? Can I fly tomorrow? And every day she would say, God didn't answer my prayer, mom. (laughs) Why didn't he answer my prayer? And we've gone from those sort of prayers to sort of really relevant prayers, praying for their friends and praying for, you know, children that they know that are sick and that sort of thing. Um, I've also taught them Bible verses because I think that we are raising the next generation of godly men and women. 
And I know that when my children leave home one day, I want them to be equipped. So I want them to know certain things. So when they are in a situation where there's fear, that they know what Psalm 91 says. And they can actually remember it and think, okay, God's got me covered. His angels are, you know, have a special charge over me and I'm going to be okay. Um, and then I think just take your kids to church. You know, if, if you can find a church like this, which has an amazing kids ministry, they're learning from other people. They're, they're fellowshipping with kids their own age and they are making friends with other Christians. You know, my youngest daughter doesn't know one other child in school who's a born-again Christian. So it's quite an isolating experience for her. But when she comes to church, there are other children who have the same beliefs, and she can pray with them, and she can sing with them, and she can have her own fellowship. So I really think that if church is important to you, your kids will automatically realize it's actually important for me too. And if, um, you know, I think we're all transient, and there are times when we will sort of move, and maybe you're in a situation where there's no kids' church or there's no church with a good kids' ministry, and then there's an opportunity for you to actually just get involved and actually make it fun for the kids and make church fun. And then I think lastly, just pray for your children. I've got another book here. It's a Stormy O'Martian called The Power of a Praying Parent, and that's been fantastic for me. I've used it throughout the years, and it also goes through all the different stages of from when your children are young to when they're adults, basically. So even if your children are adults, you can still pray for them. You can still start, even if you've never prayed for them before. And it takes you through all the different issues that affect children and how you can pray and all the scriptures that go with various different issues that they're facing. And I think that the power of the word, if you use it in prayer, is just remarkable. So I think when you pray actual scriptures over your children, um, it's, it has an enormous power. So that's it. Wow, how amazing is that? That is just amazing, Nikki. Wow. Such godly advice. I think I'm just going to ask you one question, Nushi, just about um, how to handle teenagers in, in exampling um, God to them. And then, um, and then afterwards, we're going to show a quick surprise video for the moms, and then if you can pray for the moms. Well, I'm, I'm experiencing my first teenager. One is on the way to becoming a teen. Um, and um, yes, I'm, I, I really, I'm, I totally second everything that Nikki said. And um, really, it's what you instill in them as children that, that sets them for their teenagehood and finally adulthood. And it is train up, truly train up a child in the way that they should go. That's in Proverbs. And those things need to be instilled from the beginning, from the time that they're babies, um, when um, that hopefully, uh, that not really hopefully will, because when you do that, they will make the correct decisions. I believe that if um, God is, you have a personal relationship with God, I think that's something that we as parents need to work on first, is our relationship with the Lord. So that sort of just flows into our kids. It flows into our everyday life. This is normal. This becomes life. Um, 
kids um, pick up on your, the family, the family culture. It's not like we have to go to church. We want to go to church because we love our God. We want to serve God in the best way we can. We want to honor our Lord. And then they see that God is a real person. He's a real person in our life. He hears our prayers. He is there. He's alive. He's real. And so we try to filter that to our kids. Um, Thank God our kids do love coming to church. We've been bringing them to church from the time they were babies. Um, they know that if we have a problem, we need to speak to God about it first. My six-year-old, Rian, he tells me, you know, I love you second. I said, okay, who do you love first? Because I didn't, and he goes, God. And I said, wow, I said, that's great. That's amazing. I'm, I'm glad that you can say that to me. But, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, so, I mean, yes, it gets a little bit challenging as they turn into the teenage years. Um, but then again, um, sorry, the question I said, <laughs> how, uh, um, but again, they will make the correct, they will make the correct decisions. Uh, Tiana is my 16-year-old, and uh, she's had to make decisions also for herself. I try to encourage her, uh, make her stand up as well for herself. Sometimes we would like to take the reins and, you know, always fight their battles. And, you know, as parents, you have this uh, natural inclination to shield your kids, and you are like a lion in front of your cubs. But you need to be able to um, make them to be able to stand up for themselves. Like, say, if there's issues in school, and it goes, oh, well, this teacher, um, for example, um, didn't believe that I did this particular thing or, or something. Like, we had an incident where she was wrongly accused of something in school, and she was asked to come for detention. And then I got a call, frantic call, and uh, I said, did you do this? And then she says, no. And I know my kids. And, uh, and then I said, then you need to tell the teacher what exactly happened. And then she said, but then she said uh, no, uh, they won't believe me. I said, I, I try to get them to first fight their battles. If they don't, then we come in. And then we came in, and then they know that we're always standing there um, behind them in, in everything that they do. So then they have the strength and the power to be able to fight their, their own battles. Um, I don't know. I, there's so much I can give you. <laughs> I've asked two preachers. Nushi, do you want to quickly pray for us, and then we'll hand over to Dan. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you and for these beautiful women here today who you have chosen to be mothers and nurturers of your children, Father. I just pray, Father, for patience and kindness, dear Lord, during the times that we find challenging. I pray, dear Lord, for strength and endurance to be able to walk their journeys as well as our own. I pray, dear Lord, that you will always strengthen us and give us wisdom and the ability to speak truth in love, to be able to rear them into the path that you want them to go into, into the destinies that you have set before them, Father. Give us that wisdom to rear these children, finally, into warriors in, of your kingdom. Father, I just bless the mother, bless the mother's tears, her heartache, her pain, her joy, her pride, because these are only examples, dear Lord, of what you, how you love the church, Father. And I thank you, dear Lord. Thank you for the mandate, the mantle of motherhood. Give us the strength and the energy, dear Lord, to be able to, uh, to be able to overcome 
feelings of tiredness and give us that supernatural energy, dear Lord, that only comes from you to be able to do this and all the tasks that are ahead of us. In Jesus', Jesus wonderful and matchless name I pray. Hallelujah, Father. Amen.